If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Strictly Sports. I am Jacob Brown, joined here with CJ Yuri. It's that time of the year, man. We're here for the NFL Draft. It is tomorrow night. Actually, we're going to release this Thursday morning. So it's tonight, NFL Draft. We're recording it the night before here in CJ's in-home theater. It's awesome in here. Uh, CJ, this is the time we wait for every year. This is the best time to be a sports fan. We get to speculate. We get to do all sorts of theories backed by absolutely nothing, just rumors. It's the best time of the year. Absolutely. It is the best time of the year. Um, I, this year, I took a different approach to draft day. And I stopped reading all the BS articles online. And I stopped doing all that. And I have located some pretty good sports burners that give me some humor with the draft. And it's been much, much more uh, tolerable this year. Last year, during quarantine, reading all those articles every day made me go absolutely nuts. Uh, last year was a little different for the Dolphins, too, for my team, uh, Tua or Herbert. Uh, whether we got the decision right or not is still in the balance, but still uh, having a good time. And uh, good news today uh, with everything going on with FAU football, but um, tomorrow should be super fun. Yeah, well, speaking about FAU football, Kosey Perry was the backup quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes, announced today on Twitter he's transferring to FAU. He's going to be their starting quarterback going into next year. And, CJ, you got to pimp it out, man. You said this at the spring game when we were sitting there. Yeah, I gotta give more credit to uh, some other people that that had kind of had the scoop a while ago. Uh, Shane Marinelli from FAU Owls Nest, who's really really fun to talk to. Great guy. He's been covering the team forever. Seems like uh, he's been a contributor to that website since 2008. Um, I kind of tried a little bit of a reverse drinks. I heard from him back in like January that this was happening, uh, which would be a massive get for FAU. So I cared too much about it. And then I was like, I don't know when this guy's going to transfer here or not, and if he is. So I did a whole reverse drinks. I told everybody he's never coming. Uh, so I, <laughs> I've kind of learned in sports to like never get your hopes up ever. Um, I, I learned that when there was like Eric Carlson rumors to the Panthers for like two weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, he's coming. And then he afterwards, he's like, I was never going to go there. So it's like, so I've, I've taken a bit more of a, um, a different approach to how I get hyped up over dumb rumors. And now I am very good at looking at something and I'm like it's definitely not going to happen but this one the writing was on the walls he's a he's a grad trans he's gonna be a grad trans transfer technically and he comes to a defense that is just absolutely stacked he's gonna come to a wide receiver room that's got some great playmakers he's got the running backs and the O-line has had transfers from Florida State Auburn uh we've got some young guys that are uh that are here that are ready to roll uh coming off they're gonna be second year or third year guys so look for him, it's a win-win. I think he's going to dominate Conference USA, and I think he's going to dominate uh, uh, against out-of-conference play, uh, and I think that he's going to have a really good bid to go to the league. Uh, so it's up to him, and look, he's 6'4", almost 200 pounds. you got your guy that's going to see over the line. Sky's the limit. I'm very excited about it. I mean, no exaggeration. He might end up being the best quarterback in FAU history, and, and you know, 
he did a great job. Uh, Chris Robeson, when he was here, uh, he left in a bad way. But Kosey Perry, he can come here in one year, win a conference championship, set FAU records as a quarterback. I really have those expectations because you're coming from a program in Miami. You're a four-star quarterback, six foot four, one eighty-five. He should be dominating. And, and this is a guy. I mean, you're going from the ACC, playing big teams. You're expected to win. Now, did he play a lot there? No, but. He's coming to the Conference USA. I'm not saying it's an easier thing to do. Uh, it's definitely lesser competition, but football's a hard game. I'm not saying he's uh, going to be a Hall of Famer necessarily, but we got to expect big things. I mean, this guy, four-star quarterback coming into a system that before FAU, they had the defense that was top-ranked in, in college football, had great stats all year, and they were just a quarterback away. So getting this guy in here, sky's the limit for the FAU team. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that, that FAU addressed in the offseason was which it was really good to see as a fan. Our O-line last year got pushed out of every stadium that we played in, even our own. Um, yeah. And our quarterback play was abysmal, and we've addressed both of those tremendously. Um, so, look, look, we play in Conference USA. It's not an insanely competitive conference. We easily have the best team, in my opinion, in, in the conference, and I think we have the best coaching staff. The the FAU just added Heinz Ward as a uh, Huge, analyst. Huge, by the way. Offensive. Huge offensive analyst. I think he's an amazing guy to learn from. I've never. I mean, look, I've. I've I don't know how how he is in coaching, but he seems like an amazing guy. And I feel like all these college football players at FAU and maybe you know transfers or recruits are going to go. I want to go and learn from Heinz Ward. I want to craft some sort of uh, skill set that that makes me presentable to the NFL. So, look, all in all, amazing. I guess you could say off season for FAU, or you could say spring. So. Very excited to have my season tickets paying in, paying in installments currently, uh, but I will be sitting in some pretty sweet seats this upcoming year and definitely will be traveling to some away games when work permits. Yeah, and you bring up the point about Heinz Ward bringing in all these people that are going to be interested in working with him. FAU tried that with getting some sons of NFL players, and some of them transferred right out, and it didn't work. And you could tell FAU's been trying to do this, get big names in. And finally, they've locked one up. And I'm not saying it's FAU's fault that they lost some of these players. But, you know, Frank Gore's kid was supposed to come. He immediately left. That was a big blow saying, oh, well, you have Frank Gore's kid at your school that's going to bring in a lot of press. But then he left. You still have Michael Irvin's kid. He's not necessarily a big part of the team. But now you have Heinz Ward. That's such a big name and such a big draw for FAU recruits. It's really a big deal. Um, so now it's time for the NFL draft. We're waiting for it all year. I've been waiting months ever since the Super Bowl ended. It's been draft, draft, draft. And now we're here. Um, free agency's over. We know a lot of teams uh, are, are structured and are going to look like going into the NFL season. Teddy Bridgewater got traded to the Denver Broncos today in exchange for a six-round pick. Denver still saying they're in the QB market. Is that a smokescreen? Who knows? I think it is. I think they're going to get rid of Locke somehow, whether it's right now. Maybe they keep him as the backup. But right now they have three quarterbacks. So unless they want to say, okay, let's get rid of uh, Locke, draft a QB, wait for him, get fields, let him sit behind Teddy Bridgewater for a few weeks like Miami did with Tua. Seems like Bridgewater's that placeholder type of guy, kind of like a Terod Taylor. Uh, you know, everywhere Terod goes, he seems to be pushed out immediately. Happened in Cleveland, happened in L.A. Seems like Bridgewater's turned into that type of guy. So uh, I don't know if it's a, a smokescreen necessarily from Denver, but I feel like now they don't necessarily have to trade up like some people thought they could, I think now they can wait and still end up getting a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah, totally. It, it depends because when you look at the draft board and you see the first, let's say, 
eight teams that are in front of Denver. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville's going to go Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are taking Zach Wilson, most likely. I mean, they're going to take quarterback. Uh, San Francisco's taking quarterback. There's three quarterbacks off the board. Uh, all signs point to Atlanta taking Kyle Pitts. Who knows if that's going to happen or not. I don't know how everything's going to fall. Cincinnati already has their guy. Miami already has their guy. Detroit, who knows what they're going to do, but they have Jared Goff. I don't think they're taking a quarterback. Carolina um, has Sam Darnold now. So the, the the Broncos might have a Fields or a Lance fall to them, and yeah. they're going to be like, let's pull the trigger on it. And I, look, Elway is a competitive GM. He, or Is he the GM? He's the GM. He's not the GM technically, but he's the GM. He, yeah, he's, he's a got, decision maker. He's got say he's over everything. He's, he's, he's a decision maker. He's a decision maker. So, but he, yeah, he's gonna, he's making the pick. Let's be real. Like, yeah, Elway's no, making 100%. the pick. So Elway doesn't. He, if there's one position that Elway's not gonna suck at and constantly bring in competition, it's gonna be the quarterback position, which everybody should. <laughs> You're not gonna get anywhere if you have a bad quarterback. Um, anyway, I think that the Broncos will will. It depends on who falls. I feel like they're taking it as, hey, let's see who goes off the board. And then maybe a team that is super hungry for a quarterback gives them a, the king's ransom to go up to nine to get a guy. And then they're like, hey, we'll slot back. We got Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. That's healthy competition. We'll be good for this year. Yeah, well, I feel like New England could do the same thing and hop over Denver, which would really create some havoc in the draft. Because Carolina, they don't necessarily need the eight. Now they could go. They, they need O-line. They need corner. They need some uh, linebacking help. Now they've made a lot of draft picks over the last few years, but Carolina – they don't need a quarterback, so they don't necessarily need the eight pick. They can go back to the 15 where New England is and still get a pretty damn good player. So I feel like New England right now, they're thinking, hey, we want either Fields or Lance. We don't want to risk that going to Denver. Obviously, Dallas, Giants, Philly, Chargers, Minnesota, they're not going to go quarterback unless Minnesota's saying, okay, Kirk Cousins is out in a year. Maybe they're going to surprise people and get someone to sit behind Kirk for a year. I don't think they do. I think they wait. But that eight pick with Carolina could be huge because I really do feel like New England, they got to do. They, they, if they really think that Fields or Lance is going to go, if they want one of those two, and they're actually scared that one of those two is going to go to Denver because it's going to happen, maybe they want to trade ahead because I feel like Fields and Lance would work beautifully in Belichick's system. No, man, they're good. Cam, Cam Newton's an MVP. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. He's, yeah, they're fine. They don't need to to move up. I'm good. <laughs> uh, look, I, I think that. I think that Bill Belichick would be licking his chops if he could get one of those guys on his roster. Uh, I also think that Bill Belichick could do wonders with a guy like Kyle Trask. But regardless, uh, there are a lot of moving pieces. And I think that the most amount of moving pieces are going to be centered around what does Atlanta do? Because yeah. if Atlanta decides to go weapon at four, then there's two quarterbacks on the, on, on the market that are Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And there's right. a bunch of teams after them that don't need one because they already drafted one. So well, hold on, hold on. Point, what, what if this happens? What if San Francisco's sitting there, it's a total smokescreen about Mac Jones, what if he's not taken and Lance, or Lance actually goes to San Francisco? Because it could really be one of the best smokescreens ever because you, know, you could look at it from both sides. Shanahan really loves his system, so he could be thinking, okay, I know Mac Jones is going to be a guy who sits in the pocket. He's going to do what I tell him to do. He's intelligent. He's got football IQ. But then you have Lance who's this overwhelming talent. I really feel like he could end up being the... He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. He could be the Mahomes in the draft in the sense that he's kind of lower rated in terms of other guys, but he could end up being the second best guy in the draft class. Yeah. So what if San Francisco shocks and goes Lance at three? I still think it, it. I still think what I said stays true, that it depends on what Atlanta does. Because if Atlanta goes, 
well, we're going to take a weapon. And, then, and you know, Goodell goes up there and goes, we took, we took Kyle Pitts. We, we take Jamar Chase. Okay, but that still leaves two quarterbacks on the board. Yeah. With a bunch of teams afterward that don't need a quarterback. So now there's two on the board. And then some teams, I think you'll see some real, real, like, motivation to move up. Because they have a, they have a higher chance of one of those guys falling to them. Right? Right, right. So what I mean by that is, let's say Atlanta, let's say San Francisco screws up which I think would be a screw-up. But let's say that Atlanta goes, um, takes Max take, takes Mac Jones. Or, sorry, takes Justin Fields. Right. Or, or one of the quarterbacks. Okay, Someone, whatever it There's is, only yeah. one on the board left that's worth a first-round pick. Right. So then I think some teams will be a bit scared to move up because you don't know. Right. When, the higher, when, when, like, when I say move up, I mean to a Broncos, to a Carolina Panthers spot, to the 10 spot. Right. You have two chances at one of those guys falling. When you when one of them when one of them's picked and you only have one on the board, they're gonna go. Oh, well, that we're really hoping one of them fall. Right. We are really hoping one of them fall. So anyway, I I, I don't think Atlanta's gonna take a quarterback. I don't. But if Justin Fields or Trey Lance are there, I don't. I, I definitely don't think they're gonna take quarterback if it's Mac Jones is there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, like if Fields or Lance is taken at at three. Yeah. To 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 the Niners and it's Mac Jones there. Yeah, they're you not know, doing it's it. like they're, they're not gonna be, doing it. Yeah, they're going to be like, ah, screw that. We'll take Kyle Pitts. But I think that they're like they're maybe sitting there saying, if Justin Fields, if if it's really Mac Jones at three for the Niners, and Justin Fields is there for, maybe they maybe they do it. I don't yeah, know because to me it's like you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. I get keeping him. I get he's been there a long time. At this point, just blow it all up. You know how much value they can get trading Julio Jones and Matt Ryan right now. They could get an infinite amount of draft picks if they said today. We're going to trade them both. It would shake up the draft, number one. And number two, they need to do it. They're not going to win the division. Carolina, who knows? New Orleans, who knows? So maybe they're thinking we can get second place in the division. You know, with the division, you know, lessening in talent with uh, New Orleans, Breeze gone. Carolina, Sam Darnold's going to be a project. So maybe they're thinking, okay, let's rebuild here. But I just don't get the fascination with keeping Matt Ryan. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with him. He's in his mid-30s. They could get so much trade value if they traded Matt Ryan and Julio, whether in a package together or separately. But how? You have to look at their cap, their cap uh, situation right now. I don't think they have the leverage in the talk in, in in the talks. Sure, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are fine football players, and Julio Jones is a Hall of Famer, right? Wide receiver in the making. If he not if he isn't already, which I think he is, with those numbers. <laughs> They have such cap cap problems, and those guys are on massive contracts that they don't have the talking power. Yeah, in, in, you know, in, in they don't have the leverage in negotiations. So I think the, the way the Falcons are looking at it is, if Fields is there, we think about it. If Fields is not there, and it's Lance, it's Lance and Mac Jones. We'll, we'll probably go with Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and add just an elite, elite like the best tight end to come into the draft in God only knows how long, um, maybe ever, and. They're like, let's give this another go. Let's give this one more shot. Let's go Matt Ryan, Julio, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and let's do it one more time and see what we can do. Because you never know. I think the Falcons team in a lot of games, they're competitive. Oh, yeah. They, they lose. They literally lose the game for themselves. They were probably three losses last year where you're like, oh, my God, they could have had those three. Oh, like, yeah. they, they, they had those three. Yeah. So, and, anyway. and now head coaching change, too. That's a yeah, big thing, too. Dan thing. Quinn finally out. That's another thing. Yeah, and, and again, Carolina's a project. New Orleans, who the fuck knows what they're going to do. I mean, you got Taysom Mill, Jameis. 
They couldn't win playoff games with Drew Brees. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game with those two. Um, but we'll see. So, CJ, you wanted to do these uh, these draft bet lines for the picks? Yeah. So we we figured this year, uh, you know, we would do some sort of a betting betting the draft uh, podcast here or an extended segment. Uh, last couple of drafts have been great uh, money-wise in terms of betting the draft. I find it to be very fun. Last year was extremely fun because that was like the first thing where I was like, oh, my gosh, I can bet on that. You know, right. uh, you know, last year with everything, you know, going pretty much dead because uh, of co- coronavirus, uh, this it was huge, and I had a really good, I had a really good night, and and you know, I see this as something that I look forward to uh, every year for the rest of my life is is to, um, you know, it, it also helps you do a a bit of research into you know what teams needs and everything. It's fun uh, if you have the time, right? Uh, so. We have the list here and the lines via uh, Vegas, if you will. And um, again, everybody, this is your money. Uh, I know we have a ton of friends from college that listen to this. We have tons of friends in college that listen to this. And I know there's a lot of FAU students that live to the, uh, listen to this. It's your money. I'm not telling you what to do with it. But this is what we would do. Jacob, pull up the list. Let's go through these. And let's, um, let's go yes or no. All right, so the first one we got on our screen here, we got Devontae Smith's draft position. The over-under, 11.5 is his draft pick. So where do we think he's going to go? Personally, I think, you know, it's so tough. This is pick one. Um, I, I personally think it's uh, he's going to go 11. Um, I think, it, or actually, you know what? The Giants aren't going to pick him. I think he goes after 11. He's an unreal talent. The thing is with the Giants is that they already got Kenny Galladay, they addressed offensive line. I think they need to improve linebacker. Um, and I was talking to J.P. Acosta, actually. He's been on the show before. Um, and he, he was talking to me about Micah Parsons. I said, can he play linebacker? Is he, you know, he going to be good there? He said he's actually probably better as a linebacker than he is as a D lineman uh, because he kind of struggles with some areas as a defensive lineman. Giants are weak at linebacker. I feel like they go him or they go Patrick Sertain at corner, although I don't think they go corner because – they uh, got Dory Jackson in free agency from Tennessee. They got Bradbury last year at corner. So corner, they seem pretty good. Um, so I think they're going to go Micah Parsons there. It's unreal that Devontae Smith, with the performances that he had this year in college, he might be after 11. But what do you think? I think that this is absolutely criminal line. Uh, I think this is this is actually hilarious. I, I, I find this to be just so comical. 11 and a half. You, the Dolphins at six are taking a weapon. <laughs> They are absolutely taking a weapon at six. It's happening, okay? And what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I think they get Waddle. What's, what's going to happen when Pitts and Chase go off the board? You know what You know what happens to that line when that happens? To Devonta Smith's live bet line? Yeah. It's going to go from 11.5 and, and go all the way down to like 9 or 8. Yeah. Okay? It is what it is. He is going below 11. Hilarious. He will be 11 or lower. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hammering that. I'm all over it. He is... Some teams will go, oh man, he's there. I have I have to. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. I haven't had... There, there hasn't been a wide receiver that's had a year like that in forever. He did it at the highest level in college football. Um, sorry. It, it's... He is below 11. 100%. So, so you would... So you're a Dolphins fan, obviously. So at six, you'd want them to get Devontae over Waddle. It's not even that. I think you're splitting hairs there. I think that they're... Uh, I think you're like you're looking at Devonta Smith and you're like, 
this guy's a stud. You're looking at Jalen Waddle and go, go, this guy's a speed demon with unbelievable hands and great route running. Devonta Smith is that as well and can go up and get the football. And he challenges cornerbacks. And you just can't go wrong with either or. And Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner at wide receiver, is not going past 11. So the under. Under 11.5, Devonta Smith. Absolutely. That is what I have. Well, they've got Jalen Waddle at the same. So I guess we're going to be swapped again here. I think Waddle's going to go to the Dolphins or somewhere in that range. Um, uh, yeah, I think he goes before 11. So you don't then. Or or do you think... Because um, Detroit, they're not going to go receiver. Carolina, they're not going to go why, receiver. Why would Detroit not go receiver? I think they, they just, go... They just got rid of Kenny Galladay. Yeah, but I mean, I think they're in a situation where they're not going to win. So I think Goff... He's terrible under duress. They don't have a great O-line. I feel like they go Panay Sewell or they go some sort of O-lineman because mm-hmm. Goff is terrible. Without pre- We saw it the year before he had McVay, before they got Whitworth on offensive line. He couldn't do anything. So I feel like they need to protect him first, even though, yeah, you lost Kenny, you lost Marvin. That's tough. But at the same time, you still have Hawkinson. Um, you still have some guys receiver. And then you've got a good running game. They need to protect Goff. I don't think they have much anymore. Kenny Galladay gone. Uh, Marvin Jones seemed to be out, wanted to be out. He's not a speed guy. He's a go up and get it type wide receiver. Uh, I think that they're. I think that if if a Jalen Waller or Devonta Smith are there at, at the Lions pick, they might trade down. <laughs> they might trade yeah. down, but I think that that would be their pick, depending on who's there at O line. I mean, maybe they go. Look, you have a point. I mean, you can never you you can never like rule out a team going the best O-lineman in the draft or the best O-line at the time, wherever their pick is. But I just, I think that these skill guys, the Jalen Waddles and the Devonta Smiths, they're going to be, they're, they will be drafted before 12. Yeah. That's late. That is late. They are, they are top, top of the line, skill receivers, skill guys that are fast, hands, route running, built in machines, get them the ball. They're not guys that are like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go run a route and I'll come down with it. I'm not doing anything after that. No, those guys, you could put them in a bubble screen. You could, you could put them in the slot. You could put them out wide. You could do anything. Have them do an under route. They'll take it to the house. Yeah. Right. Like those guys don't go past 12. Yeah. And I think too, with the lions, I mean, first of all, nobody knows what they're doing. They're so poorly run that nobody knows what they're doing. Dan Campbell, first of all, what the hell was that? Why are you hiring him as your head coach? Second of all, uh, they might be thinking of it as, from a marketing standpoint. They want the next Megatron, right? I mean, you, if you get a guy like Waddle in there, you can market the hell out of him and say, hey, Megatron number two, he's our new guy, blah, blah, blah. Create some hype around that. So there's some standing for both. But who knows what they do because they need everything. I mean, Detroit's not a good football team. They need basically everything right now. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. All right, so we got Kyle Pitts. They have the over-under at five and a half. I think he goes four. tough this is tough because the line is, is very steep at the under is currently at minus 317 not much value there it's a huge risk he's a tight end okay a lot of people have him going to the falcons at four people don't understand what the falcons real plans are and it and a lot of it depends on what the 49ers are going to do so again here i'm gonna because if he's there at six the dolphins are taking him Oh right? God, yeah. So that would I mean, be so perfect and this for is, two. Again, this is it's under. It's going to be under. It's under. It's it's under five and a half. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's under five and a half. 
Uh, I think the really fun one here, the fun, fun ones here that anybody can have an argument over will be Jamar Chase and Penae Sewell, who are both at five and a half. Yeah, well, Penae Sewell, you know, so the line's five and a half. Oh, man. See, you can make an argument, because Cincinnati, uh, I saw a meme on Twitter. It was funny. It was uh, it was Bengals' mindset before Burrow tours ACL with a picture of Waddle, and then it was Cincinnati's mindset after his ACL injury, and it was a picture of uh, Joe Burrow's knee with a scar on it. So, so a lot of people are saying, oh, uh, well, maybe they go O-line. Because of that, I, I don't know. I mean, you could go either way, but I feel like they're thinking that chemistry with them from LSU – you get Waddle in there, excuse me, um, Jamar Chase from LSU into Cincinnati. You get that chemistry. Look, I, I think Jamar they do Chase that. was beyond explosive with Joe Burrow, and look, I'm not, I can't, I can't dispute it. Nobody can, okay. But if you're sitting here and saying that Joe Burrow didn't have unbelievable chemistry with everybody that year, their O line was too. great. The O line yeah. was great. Joe Burrow, it, like, I'm sorry if the Bengals actually pass on Suell if he's there. That would that is just terrible. That is just criminal. Yeah, you're going flash instead of logic there. Criminal. Criminal. Like, that is just that you clearly... The the Bengals have to play against the Steelers, who have an unbelievable defense. And a great defensive line. The strength of that defense is the D-line. Who else do they have Cleveland to play twice too. a year? They have to play Cleveland. Yeah. Miles Garrett. And now Jadeveon Jude, Jude, Clowney is there. And Baltimore you're going to not shore up the O-line? Yeah. The no, AFC North is a too. bloodbath yeah. every year. And the, the thing that you need to do is protect your quarterback. And that goes for every division. But it's absolutely in the AFC North, who who all those those teams are used to having unbelievable D-lines. Yeah. D, what, are the, what were the Ravens known for forever? Defense. Is their defense going to suck forever? Absolutely not. They're going to make they're going to make changes. They're going to they're going to get there. And I don't think their defense sucks now. They've got a bunch of ball ball hawks on that 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 defense. Oh yeah. Oh, now let's go to the Browns. Oh, their D-line is the strength of the defense. Oh, let's go to the Steelers. Oh, I don't know. Strength of the defense. It's it's just it's incredible to me. If they really go up there and they go Jamar Chase, they the decision makers in Cincinnati are go, Joe Burrow will be Joe Burrow might end up pulling an Andrew Luck. Because he's going to get ruined. And in think the about AFC that North. too. What did the Colts do? They got a top five offensive line. They drafted Quentin Nelson that year. He was available. They didn't go receiver. Uh, Andrew Luck had T. Y. Hilton for all those years. That that was it. They didn't have anything else. They had O line Indy. That's why they won divisions. So I, I I agree with you. I think logically speaking, instead of the emotional side where you're like, oh, I'd love to see them in the NFL together, going from LSU to Cincinnati. Oh, how cool. But Suell, it's just the logical decision, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, I think Chase is going to go to uh, Cincinnati. I've watched a lot of insider, and you said you don't pay attention to it, but a lot of the insiders are saying it's basically locked in that Chase is going to Cincinnati. I agree with you. I wouldn't like the pick at all, but it seems like it's going that way, so I'm going to go that. But we've got the next one here, Najee Harris, 28 and a half. This under. is tough. Yeah. Under. Yeah. Under. Under. 100%. Under, under. under. Yeah. Some I've team. heard he might go to Tampa at 32, but he was too good to go 32. Think, I'm sorry. I mean, he might even go to Jacksonville at 25. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, it, could you imagine, though, if Jacksonville, they got Trevor and Najee in the first round of the draft? That changed the entire outlook of their organization in one draft. Yeah, I, th- I just – I personally think that a team between the looks of 22 to 20. 
eight exactly where they have it are gonna take Najee. I don't I don't see him going past twenty eight. I think he's just that good. He's a freak. Everybody's seen what Derrick Henry has been for the Titans, and Najee Harris has that type of power. He's got that type of build. Um, he's even he 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 could even be a little bit more explosive than Derrick Henry is right through the hole. Um, yeah. Najee Harris, I don't think is going past twenty eight. So we are both in agree in agreement that he is twenty eight. All right. What about yeah, Rashawn right. Slater? Over under nine and a half. Um, that's a really tough one. That is tough. That's really tough. Um, I'm gonna go under. Let's go under there. I haven't taken many overs here, but to to have to have, I don't even remember what what's the last draft that two O linemen haven't been taken in the top ten. True. That's a so good point. So you have to bet that. In my opinion, you bet that. The two two uh, O linemen not being drafted in the top ten is highly unlikely. I think both Suell and Rashawn Slater get get drafted in the top ten. So I have to go under. Or well, but it's at nine. Yeah, I'm gonna go over here. I I think he either goes to the Giants, Philly, or or, or the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers would be ecstatic if he fell to thirteen. Protect Herbert. I mean, they would be, and they got the guard from Pittsburgh. They got an, uh, a new center as well. So they would really beef yeah. up that O-line. That would be so good for them. But Philly, they're thinking too. They're, Philly's in the mindset, we either have to protect Hurts or get him a weapon. It's one of those two because they need to see, okay, is Hurts the guy or not? So they got to set him up. Giants, they can go anywhere. So I, I'm going to say for a lot of these picks, the Giants go a bunch of these guys. So um, Because I think Dallas, they're not going to go O-line. Denver's not going to go O-line. Carolina, I think they're going to trade out. And even if they don't, um, now actually, oh man, see, this is really tough. I'm going to go, I'm going to switch my pick to over Rashawn for Rashawn Slater. All right. There's too All many, right. There's so too many guys in agreement. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to go over. I'm going over, Ugh. but I think he gets picked top 10. I think he goes 10. Trey Lance, six and a half over Trey Lance, six and a half. I'm going to absolutely go over on that one. He's going to be the steel man. I really think I said it before. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be the Mahomes of the draft in the sense he's the most explosive. And if he actually pans out, he's going to be a stud, a superstar. I've heard everything when it comes to maturity with this guy. He's got the monkey on his back that nobody counts him. You know, he's in North Dakota state. I watched a video where he was talking about high school where he couldn't even get on high school teams. He was doubted there doubted in college and recruiting had to go to North Dakota state. This guy, if he pans out is going to be the steal of the draft. And the fact that he's going to go beyond six, most likely is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think he's over. Um, so this one, what, what does this say? So safety's drafted in the top 10 is zero. Basically or, for, or, or for, half, for us to sorry. backtrack really quick here for everybody listening. Um, the reason why, he is at six and a half and it's that low in the draft or that high in the draft. I should say that high is, is there Vegas is forecasting a potential trade, right? Okay. There's no way that if the draft order stays as is, he's drafted before six or, or at six, obviously because the dolphins are at six. So they're, pro- they're projecting a potential trade and I don't see it happening. Yeah. So over and that line is not, Oh wow. The line is over plus plus one fifty. Woo. That's insane. That's insane. That's high well, yeah, value there. Because they're banking that on, might well, be, what if San Francisco shocks? You're going to make a fuck ton of money. That might be Strictly Sports' uh, high value pick of the draft. Is the over of Trey Lance, six and a half. 
There we go. All right, safety's drafted at, I think this is, what does it say, a half? Uh, yeah, I don't think a safety's not going. Well, but the safety's going to go in the first round. Yes, the safety's going in the first round. That's over, but that's yeah. why the line's at minus 262. Yeah. The okay. fun, now, here comes the fun, fun lines. Defensive players drafted 13 and a half in the first round. So you're pretty so much almost saying half. almost half of the players will be on the defensive side of the ball and half the players will be offensive. But if you look at the, t- the top 10, all of them are going to be offensive players. There's right. not a single defensive player going in the, in the, in the uh, top 10. Then you look at, then you start getting into 11 through 15 where you can see, you know, the Mika Parsons and the JC Horns, they're going to go. Still going to be some alignment there. The wide receivers are all pretty much gone, and you have Rashad Bateman. Sneaky. I go over. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean, I go over. Defense wins championships. A lot of the a lot of teams in the in in the league are closer than people realize. Taking the over. Yeah, no, I agree with you because after eight, um, and even eight, if Carolina picks their pick, they can go defense. Detroit could go defense. They probably won't, but um, Dallas, they're going to get a corner. Giants are going to go defensive if they don't get um, Devontae Smith or Waddle, whoever ends up there. Uh, I don't think they go O-line. They could, which would be really, I think, smart um, because it would really give you potentially a top 10 offensive line after it's... Right now, the Giants' offensive line is like top 20. You can make a top 15, top 10 if you get him. Um, but Philadelphia, I think they go weapon. Chargers, I think they go O-line if it's there. But Minnesota, New England, Arizona, Vegas, Miami, Washington, Chicago... You can make a case for all of them. Indianapolis, Tennessee, Jets, Pittsburgh. They're all going to consider defense. So I think 13. So if we do the math, you're saying 13 picks, basically from 10 to 32, are going to be defensive. That's a lot. But it's really not overblown. Because, again, like you said, running backs don't go in the first round often. Najee is probably going to be the only one. Maybe Etienne. Uh, And then you have everything else. I mean, the wide receivers are gone. Quarterbacks are mostly gone. It's going to be basically all defense. 10 on so yeah I think I go 13 um, offensive lineman six and a half. Oh, I skipped corner corner is four um, over yeah over over because at the it, very it, least you're gonna Dallas start seeing Giants. you're gonna you're gonna start seeing uh, defensive players get drafted like crazy after like uh, pick number 12 so. yeah I agree and I think starting at 10 I think you're gonna have Horn and you might have you two could, yeah, in a row, Horn and, and Sertain you could definitely say starting at 10 Absolutely. So we got O-Lyman now six and a half. I think that's under. Yeah, I go under. I don't see – I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see uh, tons of O-Lyman getting drafted this year, which is just odd because O-Line is the engine of the team. Um, so there's just – there's a huge drop-off after uh, Sewell. There's a huge drop-off from Sewell to Slater. And then there's a massive drop-off from Sewell <laughs> Slater to everybody else. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go under there. We got running backs at a half. So basically, it's Najee Harris or there's not going to be one drafted, and that's a yes. I agree. Yep. Najee Harris won't slip past the first round. Offensive players at 18 and a half. So let's just do the math. Jacksonville Jets, San Francisco, Atlanta, Miami. So it's bare, I'm counting on Cincinnati for now. Bare minimum, you're five of well, six. Miami, absolutely. You have to, I mean, Cincinnati, you have to count because it's, it's offensive players. Oh, offensive line. Right, so, so six oh, out of six. Six so out of six. Now you're saying 12 of the next 32 minus six. We're not a math pod, whatever that is. Uh, that's pretty pathetic. I can't do that. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the rest of that, yeah, because, you know, the Giants might do it. Philly definitely will. Um, 
You know what, though? I mean, we're saying, though, that 13... I think Green Bay will end up taking a, a wide receiver, the best one on the board, at wherever they are. They should, at the very least. I mean, we don't want another Jordan Love situation. By the way, he's trade bait as well. Uh, I saw a rumor of that. I'm going to go under for offensive, because if we're saying that 13 defensive players are going, I don't see how you get 18 offensive. So, yeah, I would say under. I would say under offensive for 18. Uh, wide receivers at 4.5. Um, Four and a half. Chase, Devonta Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman. That's four. That's so close. That's so close. How many were drafted last year? Uh, Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, and I don't know after that. I'm looking that up Four right now. Four and a half. That's such a tough number. Because then you're just basically saying, like, will somebody take a flyer on a different guy? That's in the draft. Um, I try to go over because there's four guaranteed. Yeah, like, you have to factor in. There's got to yeah, be a Yeah, there's fit. an over. Don't bet the under there. Go over. You have to have the guts on that one that some guy's going to get picked. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking right now. So, wide receivers last year. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Yeah. Six last year. So, yeah, I'll, I'm with you there. Um, all right. Alabama players selected five and a half. So, the two receivers, Najee, Patrick Sertain, that's four. Is there a fifth Bama player that we think is going to go? Or actually two more, really. Potential O-lineman. Yeah. Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Patrick Sertain, O-lineman. But it's five and a half. So is there a six? Oh, that that one, the Quinton Barmore. Yeah, six. Yeah, there you go. All right, so we're going to go go over on Bama? Yeah, Barmore gets drafted round one. Big 10. Some team put out a smoke screen, by the way, of him that he's, like, uncoachable. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) The guy literally played with Nick Saban for three or four years. Like, get out of town, man. Like, that guy literally will kick your ass out of the gym and out of the university if you're a total (laughs) dick to, to, to coach. Get out of town. Some of these smoke screens end up being disrespectful, you know? For real. It's like you're sitting there and it's like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to put out a smoke screen or whatever or whatever. And it's like something just disrespectful, like something about, about like some guy's character. And you're like, how do you, how do you, how do you like go, go, okay, we got you. And he's like, really? You had to use that smoke screen that like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like. Yeah, he's, he's sitting douche. there like, I, I don't forget what you said uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, like literally, oh, yeah, well, it was really great to have my name dragged through the media for three weeks that uh, just for your smoke screen. Well, it's, I mean, how does Mac Jones feel? They're talking about his damn DUI like four times a week. Justin yeah. Fields all of a sudden has like, what, like asthma or something? Like he's got like a breathing issue or like migraines or something, something like that. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Well, it's funny because I, I, I've seen a bunch of NFL players that all of them say they're like, the draft is never about what you can do. It's about, about what, what you can't, can't do. Yeah. And it's saw, so true. Which Saban did an awesome, an awesome video recently. And he said the draft is all about ands and buts. Mm-hmm. He is fast and he can catch. But his mom had a drug problem. Like, And you're like, what? <laughs> what, whoa, what is this? Whoa. Right. 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 Yeah. right. Like, like I saw, it's so funny. I've seen so many people on like Twitter and Instagram and whatever or the internet as a whole and they're like oh ESPN's already whipping up all their uh their their random uh uh what was it carnage that they put on there where it's like <laughs> last year 
Hold on, that, this was funny. I, I gotta pull this up real quick. But T. Higgins, uh, the wide receiver from Clemson, last year. First of all, last year I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I could not believe my eyes after like every single player's profile. There was like some negative thing that happened like to their family. Yeah, where of it's course. Like, where it's like, oh, he's so fast. Ran a four three. Uh, ran a four four. He's fifteen hundred yards receiving. Um. Dad went to jail ten times, or and you're like, whoa! Like, why does that even even matter? Like, why why are we why are we bringing that up? You know, hold on, I'm bringing ratings, right ratings, yeah. Why not even ratings? It's like you ran out of things to type. Oh yeah, here we go. Get to know T Higgins. This is ESPN. This is literally a graphic taken from somebody's TV. Hometown: Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Finalist for 2016 Tennessee Mr. Basketball held offers from Louisville, Auburn, and Tennessee. Sister Kiki played basketball for Middle Tennessee State. Mom Camelia fought drug addiction for 16 years. And you're like, <laughs> like what? Why? Like, why? why? <laughs> you couldn't put that he was part of some club in high school or college? Right. I mean, or like he had, he, he, he loves history or something? I don't yeah. know. God, that's just terrible. And the thing is, bad old past tense which means she's over it so that should be a good thing i mean like they make it out to be a negative thing yeah but it's like espn's trolling us like did i need to see that like do you think it's just hilarious in a, in a way it becomes comical because you're like what like why is this even remotely relevant you uh, know it's, i don't know man whoever makes like, look, decisions like the, the original tweet to this that I, that I found this was uh how sports analysts cover uh cover cover athletes on their pro days it's like so it's just it's comical what was funny too i think uh what's his face joey molinaro did something similar he did his mel kuyper impression he was doing the draft picks and it was absolutely i think he was doing that same joke i'll show you after but it was hilarious but um you know i I don't get why they do this stuff it's it's such it's so unnecessary but it's funny hey we got a good laugh i mean not a people suffering but the fact that they do that itself it's it's kind of weird it's just such an oversight yeah it's like we don't need to hear this. It's stuff, like if you're you know? T. Higgins, you're like, is there any way that you could have just asked me like what my favorite subject in college was? Right. Or like that you could have asked me like. Just think about it practically too. Like, are you gonna sit when you meet someone? Are you gonna say, oh yeah, my mom battled drug? Like that's not something that comes up when you talk to someone for the first time. When you're getting to know someone, you don't talk about the worst thing in your life. Like it's just so. Or weird. when or when fans of the Bengals like are waiting to see like what their draft pick guy is all about. And they put the graphic on the screen and it's like, we're in the middle of doing a podcast. Sabrina, get out. Sabrina. Thank you. Or did you mark this? Anyway, whatever. It's, fine. Come back. it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, like the, the Bengals fans are all super, super excited about what we're going to, um, what, what, like let me let me see my new let me see my new guy dude I'm so excited I'm so excited comes up on the screen 1500 yards oh that's sick we're in a four four oh my god we gotta steal this guy's nuts uh, he's six four oh uh dad punched a guy at a bar and the sister was there and and, and you're like why what? it's just bizarre that was everyone last year though everyone. every single graphic what you're sitting there like why does this matter yeah I who knows man who knows all right. Big Ten players selected, six and a half over under. Um, it's got to be over, right? I mean, it's SEC Big Ten. How many was Big Ten? Six and a half over under. Slater. Fields. Fields. 
Oof. You know what? I was. Quiddy Pay, eh? DN. Mika Parsons. I don't know. It she, might Rashad be. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Okay. She got to think there's two more players in the Big Ten. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's over. Yeah. That's over. Over. SEC players, 12 and a half. Four or five from Alabama. Then you have Pitts. Then you have Chase. Um, you'll have some O-linemen in there. You'll have some DNs. Some, some D- defensemen. D- defensive guys. How many of them was it? Twelve and a half. No, under. Sorry. Sorry. Under. Has to be. Too many. I'm looking though. Nine, ten, eleven. That's one of those lines where they're like... Um, well, you know already all these guys. Let's go out on a limb, you know? Yeah, well, last year last year was 14, but that was the year that Bama and LSU, basically their whole roster was going into the draft. So you're not going to have that this year. So 14 is a really high... I mean, 14 of the 32 picks in last year's first round were SEC. That's not going to happen again. So, yeah, I would go the under as well. Um, so I don't think we need to go into these ones. It's asking which teams are going to pick what. Um, first so we could just go to the top here um, okay so we've got will Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts be picked first I think it'll be Pitts Pitts 100% Pitts Etienne or Javante Williams selected first Etienne agreed Smith or Waddle it's so tough but I think Waddle it's just every mock draft I've seen, Smith. I've seen Waddle. Oh boy, Smith. we'll see. Uh, but I'd be, I would be very happy with Waddle, but Smith. J.C. Horn or Mika Parsons? Horn, 100%. Why 100%? I think he will either go to Dallas. I've seen Dallas either going to get Sertain or Horn. And the Giants might go corner. Parsons for me. We'll see. I mean, yeah, because he could. But the Parsons thing is, legit, is, man. They were the talking thing, about that not, guy being a top, top, like top eight pick in the draft, being the first defense guy, defensive guy off the board, being the only defensive guy in the top ten, and then you know a couple things came out about him, about you know his his social life. But uh, the he's, thing is, though, he's, like, he's Dal- better than Horn. He is, but I've heard Dallas is going corner because they need it. They're either going certain or Horn. The Cowboys need everything. Vander Ash blows. Uh, what was it what? What's the guy's name on the number fifty four? Something like that. He's on defense. He's got a. He's got kind. Of, he kind of has dreads. What's his name? Um. Let's see. He's. He was looked like. He looked like he was going to become a beast. That's Jalen what. Smith. Jalen yeah. Smith. Jalen Smith. Uh. Jalen Smith. Um. I, I. don't know. I think Mika Parsons. I think it's Mika Parsons for them. But anyway, I think Mika Parsons before J.C. Horn. There you go. Okay, and then Pinay Sewell or Rashawn Slater Sewell. Sewell, absolutely not even. That's not li- literally not even remotely up for debate. <laughs> okay, so I think that's it for the picks on this website. Um, we do have a few moves since the last time we did this that we didn't get to. Um, so, what is your opinion about the Sam Darnold to Carolina? I, I think now, obviously, with Bridgewater gone, he's their dude. Uh, it's going to be a project. It's, it's good for Sam. I don't know if it's good for Carolina. Like I. I just I don't know the obsession with Sam. He's not mobile. 
Um, he gets he's not good under pressure. Did he have support in New York? No, but he's not going to have much support in Carolina either, depending on what they do. So uh, we'll see. And then uh, James Conner going from the Steelers to the Cardinals. They lost Kenyon Drake in Arizona. He went to Vegas. So now they get James Conner in to replace him. So it'll be him and C.J. Emmons. Um, I like it from that standpoint in the sense that they still have two productive running backs. Uh, but James Conner's a little bit overrated, but still I think it's a nice addition for them. Yep, absolutely. Um, I can't I can't find any uh, arguments there. I think you've hit all the points. So, And then we got uh, Jadeveon Clowney to the Browns. We mentioned that earlier. Great addition. Amazing. D-line that was D-line's already strong. Nuts. The Browns are Browns are going to the playoffs again. They'll win a game. Absolutely. All right. So CJ, we got the draft tomorrow night. It's coming up. Actually, again, I keep saying tomorrow night. This is uploaded on Thursday. We're recording it Wednesday. It is tonight. Hopefully, you listen to it before. If you listen after, I'm sure we were pretty wrong on a lot of stuff. A lot of people are. Nobody's perfect in this stuff. Um, but we're looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome draft. My Giants, they got a lot of decisions to make. Your Dolphins, they got a lot of decisions to make. We'll see how it ends up going. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Short Sports, excuse me, for Strictly Sports. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Strictly Sports Productions. Uh, look it up on YouTube. That's the channel name. We have all five podcasts separated in the playlist section, so you can find them all pretty easily. Uh, CJ, excuse me, uh, Adam, Steve, and I today, uh, we uploaded Strictly Hockey going over the TV rights deal and uh, the NHL playoff race in the last six to eight games of the NHL season, so go check that out. Um, we did... Strictly Baseball, Steve and I are going to do another one next week when I get back home. We did one last week going over the first week and a half of the baseball season. Strictly Yankees is going to come soon. Strictly Rangers, my dad and I are going to do that soon as well uh, when I get home um, because the college year is over. I'm excited about that. Finals are over. CJ, you haven't had to worry about that. You've been out of college, uh, but it is over. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. All five of our podcasts are on there. Links are in the description below. Follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. For CJ Yuri, I am Jacob Brown, and we will see you next time.